0: This is The Patriot Cause with Bud Cornwell, United States Marine Corps retired.
1: Well, the war shouldn't be over, and we should stop pussyfooting about the goddamn Russians. We're going to have to fight them sooner or later anyway. Why not do it now when we've got the army here to do it with? Instead of disarming these German troops, we ought to get them to help us fight the damn Bolsheviks. George, you better shut up. This line may be tapped. Well, I don't give a damn if it is. I'll tell you something, Beetle. Up until now, we've been fighting the wrong people. Look, you and I don't have to get involved. You're so damn soft about it. You leave it to me. In ten days, I'll have us at war with those sons of bitches, and I'll make it look like their fault. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it, We will not surrender for it, now or ever.
0: Happy New Year, Patriots! This is the Gunny, and you're on the Patriot Cause. I set out in August of 2020 to bring the truth about communism in America. Today... I'm going to go back in history and show you how America, believe it or not, actually helped to establish the Chinese Communist Party of today. Yes, America actually helped the process of this party becoming the ruling class in China. History is important and we must understand how history affects and political leaders affects history. And this is a great example of why communism is in America today. Stay tuned. you got to listen to this. Again, I bring you the facts, you don't have time to research it, that's fine, I'll bring it to you. And I want to start this new year off with understanding how communism actually infiltrated into this country. And it started during World War II, when we were supposed to be fighting against Hitler and against Communism. kuomintang Chang is a political party that stood up in 1927 to fight against the Qing Dynasty, which had been around for thousands of years. And the Qing Dynasty was a ruling class of people and the people in China had enough, just like we did in the American Revolutionary War. We had enough of tyranny. And these people started standing up against the Qing Dynasty. So who is the Chang? From Wikipedia, the history of Kuomintang is an overview of the inception of KMT, a Chinese political party that ruled mainland China from 1927 to 1949, prior to its relocation to Taiwan as a result of the Chinese Civil War. The name of the party translates as China's National People's Party and was historically referred to as the Chinese Nationalists, these people were conservative people. Yes, in China, conservative, family, God-fearing people. The party was initially founded on August the 23rd of 1912 by Sun Yat-sen, but dissolved in November of 1913. It reformed on October 10th, 1919 again led by Sun Yanxin, and became the ruling party in China. After Sun's death, the party was dominated from 1927 to 1975 by Chiang kai Though the KMT lost the Civil War with the Communist Party of China in 1949, the party took control of Taiwan and remains a major political party of the Republic of China based in Taiwan. So you see how Taiwan is tied to the United States because the Kuomintang is now part and rulers of Taiwan and China wants to eliminate them. And America supports that. But why didn't we not support them During World War II. So I'm going to play a clip from a a wonderful lady to give you a better understanding of exactly how this party, KMT, came into power and how the CCP came into power and what happened during the Chinese Revolutionary War.
2: Hi everyone, thanks for coming back. This is part two of my series on the Chinese Civil War and today I'm going to be talking about the early years of the Chinese Communist Party and of the Kuomintang. So first the KMT. They were founded by Sun Yat-sen to bring down the Qing Empire. The ruling uh, emperor and empresses of China who had ruled up until this point were becoming very corrupt and the ordinary Chinese person did not have very good quality of life so Sun Yat-sen established the Kuomintang to bring down the uh, the Qing Empire which did happen and uh, the KMT was an essential part of in 1911 after the Qing Empire was brought down the Chinese Republic was established but it was near bankrupt it wasn't very effective in um, in centralization of management of China um, so it didn't have much way in the way of revenue collecting revenue to establish a functioning economy so they were reliant on Japanese loans at this time. In addition, although they did contribute to um, the war effort against Germany in uh, the First World War, the Chinese Republic was essentially uh, ignored at the peace uh, peace conferences, including in the uh, the Treaty of Versailles. Although they thought that the German um, occupied areas of China would be returned to China, they were actually handed over to Japan, so they were embarrassed and humiliated. At the conference, um, in addition, after the revolution, the KMT actually never managed to seize chi- uh, control of China, and even in the post-World War One time, they were unable to seize control because China is such a huge country. After the Qing Empire was brought down, it established sort of a warlord's um, a warlord country that was managed. Different regions were ma- um, were managed by different warlords and and they were never able to really centralize um, those, and the warlords ruled by violence with their armies, um, particular areas and territories that they were working in. In any case, the goal of the KMT since its establishment had been to defeat China's internal and external enemies. At, this, at the initial establishment, of course, the internal enemy was the Qing Empire, and we'll talk about who that focus switches to um, after the Qing Empire. After, after we've talked about the CCP. So the CCP springs from the May the 4th movement, which if you're doing HL you are going to learn about further. But basically this was a protest response to the embarrassment of the Treaty of Versailles and sprang about a real nationalistic fervour in China, they were embarrassed and ashamed of being mistreated at, at, the, at the conference. They was, thought they were seen as second-class citizens and so this really sprang about a nationalist movement. So the CCP was um, founded in response to that nationalist movement in Shanghai in 1921 and Mao Zedong was a founding member of the CCP. Mao Zedong was actually a revolutionary before he was a Marxist and what I mean by that is that he did have a revolutionary sense. He did want to overturn the, um, the Qing Empire but he wasn't sure by which political system that should be replaced with. However, he did um, turn to Marxism after he saw that success in, um, the success in Russia in the Bolshevik Revolution and he saw that how they motivated the peasantry and the workers. Um, that would also be the suitable replacement political system in China as well so he um, was a revolutionary he did want to overturn the ruling regime in China and he became a Marxist after that in response to needing to figure out what system he thought would replace the ruling system in China
0: okay big deal so what what does that have to do with us What does the Chinese Civil War have to do with America? Like I said before, decisions that politicians and world leaders make in the past can affect the future. Going to take a break. When I get back, I'm going to explain every bit of that, including the U.S. involvement in the Chinese Civil War.
1: Living in the country that's the finest place on earth. But some folks don't appreciate this land that gave them birth. I hear that up in Washington they're having an awful fuss. Cause communists and spies were making monkeys out of us. The bureaus and departments have been busy night and day. They're figuring out just how we gave our secrets all away. And Congress has appointed a committee, so they said. To find out who's American and who's a low-down red They call them up to Washington to speak for Uncle Sam But when they ask them what they are, they shut up like a clam I wish they'd take and put me on the witness stand today and yell so loud, Old oh Stalin could hear me all the way I'm no communist, I'll tell you that right now I believe a man should own his own the house and car and cow I like this private ownership, I want to be left alone Let the government run its business, and let me run my own Our government is bigger than it ever was today The more they hire to work for it, the more they have to pay Our public servants should be proud and honest, you would think Instead of taking bribes and dressing up their wives in mink The taxes keep on going up Of that there is no doubt But still they just can't take it in As fast as they dish it out Our national debt is a monster size And growing every day Our children's children still unborn Are gonna have to pay Our dollar used to be the soundest money On this earth But now two bucks won't even buy A good old dollar's worth Unless we stop inflation And take care of what we've got the communists may win the fight and never fire a shot. I'm no communist. I'll tell you that right now. I believe a man should own his own a house and farm and cow. I like this private ownership. I want to be left alone. Let the government run its business and let me run my own.
0: So what was the involvement? of the United States in the Chinese Civil War and why is it important. Involvement in the 1949, or actually from 1945 to 1949, just after World War II, beginning with the ambiguous Yalta Conference in 1945. Go check it out on YouTube, Yalta Conference, and you'll see how the United States and the Soviet Union failed to agree on the future political shape of Asia or to control their Asian allies and clients, as they did in post-war Europe. Manchuria, which Yalta had effectively awarded to the USSR, played the pebble that started an avalanche. After the Chinese surrender, the U.S. transport moved Chinese government armies from the southwest to the key cities such as Peking, Tientsin, and Shanghai, and 50,000 U.S. troops landed in China proper. The Soviets, who arrived in Manchuria in August 1945, excluded national forces and help bring Chinese Communist main forces there from northwest China. This is the beginning of the forces of Russia working with the CCP in China. Fearing deep involvement in China, the United States attempted to deal with this and other issues primarily by negotiating between nationalists, the KMT, and communists sponsored first by the Ambassador Patrick Hurley in 1945, and then by General George C. Marshall from 1945 to 1947. Unrealistic to begin with, this approach was further undermined by a clear American tilt towards the nationalists. So initially, America was tilting towards the nationalists, which we should have continued to do. Made worse by the abandonment of the direct U.S. contact with the communists that had been provided, for example, by the military, what they called the Dixie Mission in 1944. The Chinese communists' concentration of civil administration rather than military preparation in Manchuria suggests that they expect an Eastern European-style outcome, a stable partition and the establishment of the Red China in Manchuria under the Soviet tutelage. Their calculations were upset by Soviet withdrawal and by the unexpected initiation in early 1956. So the Soviets are withdrawing from China. So they are not trusting that China is going to win. The Chinese Communist Party win and take over this country. The nationalist offensive that saw American-equipped elite Nationalist divisions quickly threw the Communists in a full retreat. So now the Nationalists, without the help of Russia is actually defeating the communists in 1946. The communists in Manchuria were saved by General Marshall. Eventually pressured Chinese nationalist leader Chiang Kai-sing to stop the offense in June 1946. So America is now stopping the nationalists from defeating the Communist Party in China in 1946. If they were to let these people, these freedom-fighting people, defeat the Chinese Communist Party, the world would be different today. Thereafter, the tide of the war shifted towards the communists and the American public opinion became increasingly concerned. In October 1947, an army advisory group was formed to counsel Chang and $27.7 million in aid was supplied. The nationalists requested more. And eventually another $400 million was paid. But only in 1948, long after the Truman administration had lost faith in Chang's national government, in 1949, after Truman won re-election, he refused to further aid and offered the U.S. ambassador not to follow the retreating nationalists to Taiwan, but rather to remain in Nanking to establish contact with With the communists. So basically Truman. In 1949. succumbed To allow. The communists. To take over. China. Now you have the truth. Now you understand it. The U.S. actually helped. To bring forward. The Chinese communist party. So Mao Zedong, during the war, the World War II war, actually had collusion with the Japanese army. And he knew if he could support the Japanese army, then they would help destroy the KMT, the major force of Liberty in China. So this is from OSU.edu. On October 1st of 1949, Mao Zedong declared the creation of the People's Republic of China, which is what it is today. The achievement of Mao Zedong as founding father of the PRC is indeed great. If we focus attention on this achievement alone, Mao Zedong can be described as a man of great stature who deserves to be respected. (laughs) Yeah. Because America let him do it. It should be noted, however, that the PRC is a state that was ultimately created through victory in the Chinese Civil War between KMT forces led by Chiang Kai-shek and forces loyal to the Communist Party of China, and is not by any means a state created by defeating the Chinese army in the war. The proof of this is that Japan announced defeat in 1945, but it was October of 49 that the PRC was founded. During this four-year period, the KMT and the CPC waged a fierce civil war, According to the PRC's claim that the PRC is a state created by defeating the invading Japanese army is actually incorrect. Also, the myth that the CPC forces fought valiantly with the Japanese army during this war is untrue. On the contrary... Mao Zedong concentrated his efforts on conspiring with the Japanese army to weaken the KMT forces. He planted communist spies such as Pan Hana in the Japanese Foreign Ministry local agency and sold KMT military intelligence obtained by the national government. So basically, what this means is the communist forces actually used and was part of the Japanese army to bring down the KMC. Doesn't make any sense. If the Communist Party was with Japan during that time frame, why wouldn't the U.S. government fight against the Communist Party if they were in bed with Japan at the time? We defeated Japan. And just like the click that you heard in the beginning, George Patton knew that the real enemy was Russia and communism. And he wanted to continue the war to eliminate communism on the planet. And yet, this is where we're at. So now, let's move forward. To the Bonehead Award. Yep, got a Bonehead Award. And this is Biden in April 29th of 2021 when he is doing a speech at the joint session of Congress. Biden says U.S. must seek peace with China but must maintain competition. China is not a competitor. They're an evil force on the planet. But listen to what Biden has to say. say. I got this clip actually from YouTube, and it's the Australian news that are reporting this. And what I want you to, to really sink in your head is as he is speaking, eventually everybody starts clapping. And if you look at the video which is in the show notes, you will see there is about maybe, if we're lucky, 50 or 60 people, legislators that are listening to this. The House is not full whatsoever because the American people and the legislators know that Biden is bought by China and it's not about competition. It's about saving America from communism. Take a listen to this bonehead award. Yes, China has been a subject the last couple of days in Australia, as we know, in the wake of Michael Pizzullo's comments. So I thought it was worth playing what the US President Joe Biden said a short while ago in his address to Congress on this subject. He made two points, that the US is after peace, but in order to preserve that, we will keep a strong military presence in the Pacific and he said that the U.S. has to get cracking to keep pace with China. He said that President Xi has made no secret to him China wants to be the most dominant nation in the world and he says the U.S. needs to compete. In my discussion with President Xi, I told him, we welcome the competition. We're not looking for conflict, but I made absolutely clear that we will defend America's interests across the board. America will stand up to unfair trade practices and undercut American workers and American industries, like subsidies from state-to-state-owned operations and enterprises, and the theft of American technology and intellectual property. I also told President Xi that we'll maintain a strong military presence in the Indo-Pacific, just as we do with NATO in Europe, not to start a conflict, but to prevent one. We can't be so busy competing with one another that we forget the competition that we have with the rest of the world to win the 21st century. Competition with the world to win the 21st century. That's what this idiot is talking about. America has been, for 250 years, the strongest nation based upon freedom, and God-loving people. There is no competition. You're either for freedom, for the rights of a human being, or you're not. But now we have a president that is paid in his pocket by China and is now concerned about competition in this world. They will and continue to take over this country until we have the American people stand up and a president that will fight back against this evil regime called China. They are evil, evil people just like Hitler and the Nazis there is no competition they must not be able to rule this world much less the United States thank you so much for listening to the podcast please share it wide and I'm looking forward to this next year 2022 where we can come together Again, get the information that is necessary for for us to make a rational understanding of what's going on and stand for the liberty of every single America in this country. This is the gunny.